Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jeffrey Copen joins us Tuesdays at this time, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. Dr. Copen, welcome back. Thank you, John. How are you today? <laughs> that sounds like a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you, doctor? I, you know, I'm good. Considering how gray it's been for the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm actually in a very good mood. Not to dwell on that, but it is almost scientific or medical, isn't it, how the sunshine and blue skies yesterday changed people's moods. I don't know if that improved anybody's health, but that was like a tonic yesterday. It's amazing, isn't it? A couple of hours of sunshine. I, it was amazing. We were talking about it here in my clinic in Lake Forest, and a bunch of our staff members were saying how they were able to get outside for a little bit when the sun was shining and just how good it made them feel. There definitely is something to that. We all know it. Doctor, I mentioned this earlier is just a thing I was going to talk about, and I didn't get to it, but I do want to mention this maybe in front of you. Elon Musk's Neuralink implants brain chip in first human. This is a Reuters story. The first human patient has received an implant from brain chip startup Neuralink and is recovering well. Initial results show promising neuron spike detection, Musk said. It's a critical milestone, they say, in this startup's ambitions to help patients overcome paralysis and a host of neurologic conditions. They're looking for quadriplegics who have no use of their arms and legs. And the hope is that by thinking to move them, they will be able to. Just one other note. The study uses a robot to surgically place a brain-computer interface in a region of the brain that controls the intention to move. Its initial goal is enabled to people to control a computer cursor or keyboard using thoughts alone. The implant's ultra-fine threads help transmit signals in participants' brains. I don't know that you should know anything about this, Dr. Copen, but what do you think about all that? My first comment, John, is this real? <laughs> I, it, it sounds like something right out of a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? Yeah. I think I actually saw the sci-fi movie. I mean, first of all, Musk, for a guy who clearly has a bit of crazy in him, is a genius. I mean, the the number of things that he's involved in and just the... Uh, the incredible things that, that are going on in these companies that he has. I, I don't know how he pulls it off. I mean, just to be involved in all these things, it's really amazing. This has been a dream of my colleagues who deal with people with paraplegia and quadriplegia, either can't move their legs or can't move both their legs and their arms. Since the time I was a medical student a long time ago, yeah. Um, I'm really hoping there's something to this. I mean, yeah. it would be so amazing for people who have spinal cord injuries that, and can't move their extremities. If something like this can really work and we're able to essentially go around the, the damaged spinal cord, the area that's damaged of their spinal cord to allow movement again. Um, it would be extraordinary if, um, if that could happen. And then this idea of using one's thoughts to control things, 
I, I don't even know what to say about that. I don't. I have to say I really don't know much about this other than what I've read in the lay press. Um, if there's something to that, I, I, that 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 will be incredible, John. Absolutely incredible. I wonder if that's a different sensation than the way we move our arms and legs now. I think I want to move my arm. I move my arm. This almost sounds like I'm going to think about moving my arm and remote to me, almost like a third person experience, the arm moves. But do I feel the sensation of it moving or do, do I just see it? I, I, I don't know what that would be like. It's, it, it also makes you wonder, doesn't it, how many Elon Musks there are that, like you said, how can he be doing rockets and boring and cars and, and internet and, you know, X and then this too? It's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it it's a, it's incredible, and it doesn't matter how people feel about him as a person. I mean, as as an entrepreneur, and yeah. quite frankly, yeah. as an innovative genius, he he's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, I wish he was easier to like, though. Okay, never mind that. <laughs> talk to me about uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, one of them is we didn't get to this much uh, last week. But there is some research being done about helping people with long COVID who don't have any taste or smell regain those sensations. What hope do we have about that? What can you uh, tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so there's been a lot of research going on with people who did lose their, their, their taste and smell. Um, everything from using different kinds of aromas to try to bring back their, their taste and smell. Now there's different medications that are being used. There's even um, some research that's looking into some immunologic mechanisms that might be manipulated to to try to help people who've lost their taste and smell. But I've been afraid that the brain has been so damaged that almost like what Elon Musk is trying to come up with, it, you're never yeah, going to so get the, it, you're never going to get it back. Yeah. So I. The first thing is people who have lost their taste and smell, the vast majority of them have gotten this, their, their senses back. Oh. So that, that's number one. Good. Um, now we're talking about the worst of the worst, the people who just had prolonged loss of these, um, these sensory abilities. Um, and you might be right, John, there are people out there that might not regain taste and smell. It's just been too long, and the damage to that part of the neurologic system, which is it's, it's so exquisitely beautiful the way it works, um, it might not be coming back. So this is another example of we have to hope that our research scientists can figure this out so they can help people. Who wants to live? I mean, it, it would be so difficult to even contemplate what it would be like not having taste and smell, right? Yeah. I mean, at this it, it, it's really, this not a good thing. And those folks, then, thankfully, as I said, they're, it's not a huge number, but those people who do have this problem due to long COVID, let, let's just hope that the research can work. Respiratory illnesses remain elevated throughout much of the country, said the CDC. How effective is the RSV vaccine, doctor? Answer that for us in just a minute. Sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. We're talking to Dr. Jeffrey Copen, and we can answer some of your questions, too. Got some questions from listeners, but I also want Dr. Jeffrey Copen from Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital to talk to us about RSV. I know... 
more since we last spoke. I know three more people that have come down with it in my family. Um, how contagious is it? How good is the vaccine against that, Doc? Yeah, it's a respiratory virus, so it's it's plenty contagious. If you're exposed to it, there's a good chance you're going to get it. Um, hmm. Getting the vaccine, uh, there there are some people who are vaccinated, even if they're infected, they don't develop a a symptomatic infection. There's other people will ha- who will have a symptomatic infection, uh, but it will be more mild than had they not been. vaccinated. So this is another one of those examples. If you're in the category of people who it's recommended that you get the RSV vaccine, go ahead and get it. At worst, should you get contract the infection, you're going to do better. Sounds a lot like the COVID stuff. Is the um, quarantine time the same? If I get RSV, do I need to stay away from people for five days? Yeah, pretty much until you start feeling better. You know, if you still feel lousy, you're coughing, sneezing, whatever your symptoms are, try to stay away from people. After that, you can go out. It's um, it, it's pretty much the same rule. Think about that. The same if if we deal with COVID and RSV the same way, I think it this makes it easier for people. Fourteen percent of Chicagoans have updated their vaccines on COVID, but only fourteen percent. And that's of Chicago generally. Black and Latino neighbors, even less. Yeah. Um, we saw this coming, right, John? I mean, we've been talking about this for months, the low vaccination uptake rates. For the general population, you know, it's, it's probably okay. I'm still worried about our older folks and people who have chronic medical illnesses, as we've been talking about repeatedly. If you fall into those categories, please get the COVID vaccine. We don't want to take care of you in the hospital, um, and there's a good chance you're going to wind up in the hospital. Um, I want to remind people that we're still losing in the United States about 1,500 people a year. I'm I'm sorry, a week, 1,500 people a week from COVID-related deaths. So although everyone wants to be done with it and we're all living our lives and that's good, if you fall in these high-risk groups, please get the vaccine. It's not too late. They're readily available. It would be a really good idea for you to do so. How's the staffing at your hospital? Are you guys um, still looking for, I know during the pandemic and out of it, um, staffing was an issue. Have you guys caught up or is there still a need for nurses and techs and doctors? Yeah, we're in a way better place, John, than we were during that that time when it was just hard to find folks um, when we were so understaffed. We still could use more. So if (laughs) you're a nurse or a respiratory tech, um, a radiology technician, and you're thinking about coming back to work, please go to our website and you'll find the job openings um, we're, we're hiring. Um, but we're able to function. Um, we, we, our staff is available. We're able to cover um, our hospital wards, our clinics, mm-hmm. like we want to. But we always could use more folks. What about this, Doctor? 217 says, if we got a flu vaccine, does it cover all flu, um, other than COVID, obviously? But that's, that's the vaccine for the season, right? Yeah, so this year, the, um, the flu strain, the influenza strain that's circulating in the United States is covered by the vaccine that we receive. So that's a good thing. 
Anything else you want to make sure I hear before I say thank you this week? No, other than um, I, I, I was telling Pete before we went on, I enjoyed the football games on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to the day when we can see our Bears, John, get that George Hallis trophy as the NFC champion. It, um, it was kind of bittersweet for me to see the Hunt family yet again get the Lamar Hunt trophy <laughs> for winning the AFC. Yeah. Uh, what I would give to see the Bears get that NFC trophy again. Were you rooting for the Lions? I, w- I, I was. I was. I mean, I, I don't think I was born yet the last time they won. So, and I've been around a long time now. <laughs> so I, it would have been really nice to see them win the, the NFC championship. It's, I feel bad for them. It's I like they're too. snake bitten I do the too. way that game went. Man. Well, they were up three scores. Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. Happy trails, Doc. We'll talk next week. Okay. Take care, Jeff. Bye. He's a good man. I want to watch, I want to sit and have a beer with him and watch a football game.